Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? It's so dark in here. I'm not used to the dark. Oh, there we go. Bring some light. All right. Well, it is uh, awesome to be with you guys. I was joking with the teens earlier and said, I'm the skinny version of your pastor. But it was a joke. We do look alike, though, right? A little bit. Um, We won't go back to the teen years. Those were some difficult times for my parents. I was the middle child, so you know where that goes, right? Um, But yeah, it's a blessing to be with you guys this morning. Ben uh, called me a few hours ago and said, hey, brother, do you have a word? I didn't even think about it, but you're going to be in town. But do you have a word you could bring? Um, And yeah, I do believe I have a word this morning. How many of you need a word this morning? A word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I preached this message at our church uh, in Washington, D.C. last Sunday. And just to give you a little bit of how how much time do I have? Okay, thank the Lord. So just to give you a little bit of background, uh, 2013, uh, me and my family moved from California to Washington, D.C. to plant a church uh, in Anacostia in the community. Uh, We did that, and we've been serving there ever since. That was Good Hope Church. But beginning of uh, 2021, January of 2021, I became the pastor of Christ Our Shepherd Church. And the Lord uh, just, really the hand of the Lord, worked this out for me to uh, take over this church who... um, the founding pastor founded the church 35 years ago. We had been connected for about five years. He became a spiritual father and his wife, a spiritual mother, pouring into me and my wife. Uh, it's really amazing. Five years ago, as we connected, we would go to their house. They would have us over or come to our house, but we would go and we were like this going in. Oh, God. I'm ready to quit. I'm I'm done. And we go in and then they'd pour into us. They'd prophesy over us. They lay their hands on us. They they, they speak into our lives and we come out. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I could I could keep going. I'm refreshed. How many of you understand the importance of spiritual parents? Amen. So they were spiritual parents to us. They poured into our life. They ministered to us uh, through the ups and downs of ministry, more downs than ups. And God just miraculously placed us on their heart to succeed uh, him in ministry, the pastor in in ministry. And um, God opened the door and we felt like God was calling us. Uh, we, We were obedient, but it was an easy road. Yeah. And so we went through some struggles over the last year. At the end of the year, we had uh, the majority of our leadership team leave. And we had uh, we had half the church leave as we started this year. So we went through some some challenges. Um, But how many of you understand that God is faithful through challenges? I was sharing with my mother this morning as we as we look back. One of the things that God has reminded me is is the story of Joseph. And it's amazing what Joseph went through. But at the end of that story, what what, what God says is what the enemy meant for evil. Now, some people say, 
What the enemy meant for evil, I turned it around. That's not what the scripture says. It says what the, what the enemy meant for evil, I meant it for, for your good. To save many. He says that what the enemy meant for evil, I was working through that. What the enemy meant for evil, I had a plan to it. And every, everything that the enemy did fell right into my master plan. See, we look at what has happened over the last couple years through COVID as what the enemy meant for evil. But God said, I've been working it for your good. And so we went through a challenging time, but we can look back and see the hand of the Lord, how he was working in the midst, how he was sustaining in the midst and how he was blessing us in the midst and how he was leading us somewhere. I think every church has come out of COVID with a, with a little bit of uh, trauma yeah. and with some wounding and with some, some pain and with some hurt. And, and, and we've come out of COVID, but we're in some ways still locked in the midst of it. Yeah. We're still locked in this place of uncertainty. We're locked in this place where we, 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 we are uncertain of what is to come. Yeah. What is the next disaster that is to come? What's the next pandemic that is to come? What are we going to face next? Is the church going to close again? No one could have ever predicted that every church around the world would close their doors. No one could have ever spoken that that was going to happen. But God said, what the enemy meant for evil, I meant it for the good of my body, for the good of my church. You see, sometimes God has to use something terrible to bring about something good. How many of you believe that this morning? And so as we have come out of COVID, as we have come out of difficulty, as we have come out of struggle, I want you to understand that God is working something good in the midst. There is something that God is working for his good, for his glory, and for our good. It is a refining process. How many of you believe that we are being refined as the body of Christ? God is refining his church. You know, we lost uh, many through COVID physically and spiritually. There are people who physically died, but there are also those who were loosely connected with the church who called the church their church. But when COVID hit and when we were forced to be the church, then they disappeared and didn't come back. See, what God is is saying, it's not just about the building. It's not just about coming into the church on Sundays. It's not about the gathering. It's not not about the stage. It's not about it's not about the singing. It's it's not about the performance. It's it's not about how many people you can get together in a room, but it's about the presence of God. Sonny was praying that before we started about the presence of God, contending and defending for the presence of God. There have been too many churches that gather without the presence of God, which does not make sense. You cannot gather in the house of the Lord without his presence. If you do, you've turned his sanctuary into an ordinary house instead of a house of prayer. And see, Jesus, in his time, he had to come and he had to, to kick over the money changers. 
he had to come and, and shake things up. Yeah. And he said, my house is to be called a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. Yeah. If we come into the house and God isn't here, then we should just go home, shut the doors. Yeah. There's no purpose of coming into the house of the Lord if the presence of the Lord isn't there. The presence of the Lord is there. And so I believe that God has been refining his church to where we would once again desire the presence of the Lord. We would be hungry for the presence of the Lord. When we come into the house of the Lord, we'd be looking for how God is moving, what God is saying and what God is doing. That's what it's all about. I don't know about you, but I need to be transformed. I cannot do life as, as usual. I cannot do church as usual. I, can, I can't just do it like we've always done it. I, I can't just show up on a Sunday and sing some songs and pray some prayers and listen to a good message and go home the same as I came in. I want to be changed. That's what it's all about. I have to be changed by the power of God. I need it. We need it as the body of Christ. The title of my message this morning is take root and bear fruit. Take root and bear fruit. Let me pray. Father, we, we, we glorify you this morning. Jesus, I pray that we would not get it twisted and be in love with other things. But bring us back to our first love. Bring us back to that hunger when, God, you remind us of those days when we used to hunger for your presence, oh God. Where we used to desire your glory in the house, God. God, I pray, Father, that we would have such a deep desire to be transformed and made into your image, oh God, that nothing else would satisfy, nothing else would do, nothing else would take the place but for a face-to-face encounter with you, God. That's what we desire. That's what we want. That's what we need. So meet with us, oh God, this morning, but every morning. Meet with us, oh God, in this house, but in every house. God, meet with us, God, it's today, but every day. We need you every day, every hour, every minute. So will you speak to us this morning in Jesus' name? Amen. You know, I want to start with uh, Job this morning. When we look at the, the story of Job, we see that, that Job lost everything, but it's a story of per- perseverance. Yeah through pain. Amen. Perseverance through pain. It's a story of faith. It's a story of survival, but it's also a story of despair. We don't really learn many answers from, from Job, but what we do learn is that the creator of the universe, the God that is above all things is the God that is also in all things and working through all things. What we do understand is that God is mindful of our pain. God is mindful of the things that we go through. God is with us in the midst of it. And we learn that God has a desire to heal us. He desperately desires to heal our brokenness. So it's so often that we go through life broken as broken people, as broken vessels, and we just accept it. God does not accept it. 
God doesn't accept your brokenness and just say you have to live with it. You have to deal with it. No, God sees our pain and he sees our brokenness. And the, the very creation in which he formed together in your mother's womb, he says, there is a way that I created you. And it is a perfect way. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I see what is broken and my hand can heal. The hand of the Lord can heal. I love how at the end of the story of Job in Job chapter 42, it says that after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored. Now, I'm not going to preach this message this morning. But sometimes we need to take the attention off of ourselves and start praying for somebody else. Sometimes we're so focused on our own pain that we fail to see the pain of our brother or our sister that's sitting right next to us. It goes on in verse 12. The Lord bless the latter part of Job's life more than the former life. How many of you are thankful that God is a restorer? God is a blesser. Amen. Amen. We also see this idea in Haggai chapter two of the latter being greater than the former. We see this prophetic word in Haggai chapter two. And I want to start with the first verse before we put that scripture up. Verse 1, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and the son, to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? See, Haggai was a minor prophet who prophesied after the exile, after the 70-year exile. They had returned to Jerusalem, and the city was destroyed, and the temple was in pieces. It was a challenging, and it was a difficult, and it was a heavy, and it was a hard time for the people of God who had, who had come out of exile and come back to their homeland only to see it destroyed. The former glory was gone. But as they returned, God called them first to rebuild the temple, the place of worship. The first temple that Solomon had built, it was beautiful. It was magnificent. It was amazing. It spared no expense. He hired the best tradesmen to build this temple. And as they returned to this broken down city and broken down temple, they begin to to give of their best to rebuild this temple. But it was not going to live up to the temple that Solomon built. In Ezra chapter 3 and 12, it talks about, about the old men who had seen the first temple. And it talks about how they wept when they saw the laying of the foundation of this new temple. Yeah. In verse 3 of Haggai chapter 2, the questions ask, Who of you is left who saw the house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem like nothing? You see, what we, we, we have a tendency to get caught up in the comparison game. Yeah, yeah. 
We begin to compare ourselves with other people. We begin to compare our churches with other churches, compare our our ministries, our output with with what other people are doing. We begin to compare what was with what is. See, that's the place that many churches are at. They, they are looking back and looking at what was before COVID. Yeah. If we can only get back to what was and they look at what is, they look at the people that are left. I've heard that, that all uh, throughout the United States, if not throughout the world, there's, there's been a crisis of leadership. Yeah. Leaders leaving the church, pastors quitting. Yeah. Worship leaders step all across the spectrum. There's there's church in crisis. People are losing people. People just have not returned back to the house of the Lord. And there's a tendency to look back and to say, remember the good old days. Remember the way that God moved in the past. Remember what God did just five years ago or 10 years ago. Some of the older generation have a tendency to look back at the the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and the 80s when there was revival and to say, look, look at what God did. If only he would do that again. See, that's the people who have come back to Jerusalem and they begin to rebuild the temple and they're, they're, they're just, they're not skilled tradesmen, but they're giving of their best, their little bits. And how many of you know that God can use little bits and they're building the best that they can, but they, there's those that had saw the glory of the former temple and begin to weep. See, when we compare what God did to what God is doing, we fail to see the beauty in where God is taking us. See, God had to do that so he could get us here so he could take us there. There were too many churches pre-COVID that did business as usual. Showing up every Sunday, having church, going home. Showing up every Sunday, having church. Preacher, just throwing messages, come and preach, okay. Worship team, okay. We, we know how to do it. We're good. We got it. I know how to preach. We got it. I know how to lead worship. I got it. I know how to do my part. I know how to do the, the camera. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. You just kind of get into this routine. God is not a God of routine. He shakes up our routine because when we get into routines, it becomes ordinary. And God is not a God of the ordinary. He's a God of the extraordinary. God will not have a church that is ordinary and average and going through the motions every Sunday because God is holy and he is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be exalted. He's worthy to be magnified. I love the word that my wife gave one Sunday about being magnified. She said what God showed her, it's like a magnifying glass. And when you magnify something, it gets bigger. Sometimes we get in the the tendency to make God small. We want to bring him on our level. And God sees the God that is worthy to be magnified. He needs to be bigger, to be seen in the fullness of who he is, the creator of all things, the God of the universe. He's not an ordinary God. He is a supernatural God. 
He's the God who spoke and everything came into being. Have you ever thought about the fact that as Jesus walked this earth, such control that he must have been under? Because at any moment, if he would have just thought the wrong thought, all of us would have been wiped out. That is the power in which he walked in as God. But in Philippians chapter 2, it says that he didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to. But he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. He humbled himself. I believe that if there's any word that God has tried to give to the church, it's humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and I will exalt you in due time. Come on, hear the word of the Lord this morning. Haggai chapter 2 going on into the fourth verse. The word goes forth in the midst of their despair, in the midst of their comparison, in the midst of them looking at what was and what is and what they wished it would be. And God says, but now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you. Come on, let me, can I just include lineage in that? Be strong, lineage, declares the Lord. Be strong, Pastor Benjamin and Sonny, declares the Lord. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. He says, this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Now listen to this. Do not fear. That's the word of the Lord. Do not fear. Then in verse 9, we're all familiar with this passage. I think this is a word for this church. I think it's a word for the church. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. The first temple was beautiful. It was extravagant. And they looked at this little temple that they were building and they said, it can't compare. And God says, no, the the glory of this latter house is going to be greater than the glory of that former house. We read about how, how Solomon, as he, as he dedicated the temple, the glory of the Lord came down in the house, and not even the ministers were able to minister. They all had to step back. But God says, no, the glory of, of this latter house will be greater than that glory. And it was to this latter house that Jesus came. Wow. It was to this latter house that the, the gospel was preached. It was to this latter house that as Matthew 12 and 6 says, something greater than the temple has arrived. Something greater has come. This is my prayer for you. See, we've gone through COVID, but your, your church has also gone through some changes. Yeah. Started in Emeryville. Yeah. We were there for years. Yeah. 
God did a miraculous work. Yeah. I remember going to some of those services. The power of the Lord, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Yeah. Then God brought you out here. Change and difficulty and then COVID hits and all of these things that you went through. Yeah. And there could be a tendency to try and compare what was to what is. Yeah. But I want you to know that God is saying the glory of this latter house Amen. is going to be greater than the glory of the former. Amen. He says, be strong, all you people of the land, for I am with you. There it is. That's all that matters. I don't care what I'm walking through. If God says I am with you, I can walk through it. I don't care what I'm facing. If God says I am with you, I can face it. I don't care what it looks like. If God says I am with you, then I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to wipe the tears out of my eyes and I'm going to press forward. I am with you. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 37. Isaiah chapter 36 and 37, we read about the Assyrian army coming against the people of God to destroy them. Uh, the Assyrians had already attacked all of the fortified cities around Judah and captured them. And they were coming to destroy Jerusalem. It says, but King Hezekiah prayed and he humbled himself and he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. And God speaks a word through Isaiah of deliverance. And God says that the army that has come up against you is going to go back the same way that they came. Wow. And in chapter 37, at the end, we read about the angel of the Lord that went throughout the camp and put to death the 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. God was indeed faithful to deliver his people. In the middle of that prophetic word, I want to read... I want to read this prophetic and encouraging word that God gives Hezekiah. This is a passage that my church and my elders have been meditating on, and God has been speaking to us through this. And I believe that it's for this church this morning. Yeah. And so when Pastor Ben asked me to, to preach this morning, I knew that this was it. This is what I needed to preach. This is what I needed to bring. Verse 30. This will be a sign to you, Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself. And the second year what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. See, God gives Hezekiah this prophetic word of encouragement in the, in the middle of what he's going through, this prophetic 
prophetic point of deliverance. And the Lord says in year one, I want you to eat what grows by itself. He says something has already been planted. Something has has already gone into the ground. A seed has already been planted. Whatever springs up, I want you to pick and to eat. We've come out of we've come out of of COVID, we've come out of pandemic, we've come out of trauma, we've come out of loss, we've come out of challenges, and the tendency sometimes is to just begin to sow. Oh, we got to get the ministry back together. We got to work. Come on. Come on. Let's do it, guys. We could come together. We could do it. We're, we're ready. And, and people are tired. People have gone through a traumatic experience. And we come out and the church's first reaction is, come on, let's, let's, let's build it be- bigger and better. We want to we wanna work. We wanna, we're ready to get at it. God's saying in year one, you need to trust and you need to rest. There's already been a seed that has been sown into the ground. There's already something that that God has done in lineage. There's already roots that have begun to grow. There's there's already stuff that has been planted. And he said, whatever grows from that, eat, pick and eat. He says in year two, whatever springs up that year, eat. What a promise of provision that God is able to supply for several years what has already been planted by previous generations. See, some of you are new to this church. How many of you are new to this church? Let's say over the last three, four years. You will eat what you have not sown. There is a seed that has been planted into the kingdom realm, into the spiritual realm. And as it comes up, you just come and just eat. (laughs) Just come and just enjoy. I think we're in a season of trusting and resting in the Lord and being able to eat what has already been so. So let me give a word to the leadership. Don't be quick to sow. Don't be quick to run. Wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. Don't be quick to just do it because that's how you did it in the past. Don't be quick to just put some stuff together to just try and gather people. Yeah. Yeah. Our good shepherd is a good gatherer. Yeah. And he knows his sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Those who are in the pen and those who are out of the pen. And he will draw those that are out of the pen in the pen. Amen. He knows his sheep. Yeah. It reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It talks about a people coming into the promised land and living in houses they have not built and drinking from wells they did not dig and, and eating from vineyards and olive groves that they did not plant. And, and God gives them this warning and he says, don't forget that I am the one that brought you out of bondage and brought you into this land. Yeah. 
See, while you're eating and while you're reaping and while you're, you're just picking and you're, you're, you're drinking from wells you have not dug and eating from vineyards that you have not planted, just thank the Lord and remember that it was God that brought you there. Yes. That it is God that brought you out of bondage and has, has been able to feed you. It is God that has brought you to still waters. It is God that has brought you to green pastures. That very same God is the God that leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. That very same God is the God that whose hand is over this ministry, who has called this ministry, who has has installed this ministry, has anointed this ministry, and who has purposed for this ministry to change nations. And in the, the, the third year, sow and reap, plant and eat. Yes, a time is coming to sow. A time is coming to work. A time is coming to begin to, to put seeds in the ground, new seeds that will flourish in the years to come. But allow the Lord to feed you in this season with what has already been sown. And hear the word of the Lord in verse 31. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. He says once more. How many of you are thankful for the word of the Lord that says, once more? What a promise that God gives us of the once more. You don't need to look back at what was. You don't need to... To to look back at the good old days, the good old days are today. They are tomorrow. They are next week, next month, next year. It's going to get better and better and better and better. These are the good old days. Once more, once more, in the city of El Cerrito, this is El Cerrito, right? The city of El Cerrito. See, in in Emeryville, you had some deep roots. But God says once more. In the city of El Cerrito, you will take root downward and bear fruit upward. Once more. Let me give you a kingdom principle. If you want to go up, Got to go down. Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like a like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 23, 11. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, but whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Proverbs 22 and 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Yeah. 
See, the story of, of humility starts with Jesus. Yeah. What the enemy meant for evil yeah. was falling right into the plans of God. And Christ said, for this very purpose was I born to face that cross. As he makes his way to the cross, the enemy's like, yes, but we got him. We're about to kill him. We're about to do this thing. We, we're about to win. And he dies. It's like, we win. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he realizes yeah. that that was the plan of the Lord all along. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians said, was Christ raised from the dead. Yes. And Paul says that that same Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit that is in you and that is in me. That same Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit that Paul is praying that each and every one of that inheritance that we have of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that walked with Christ, but that also raised him from the dead is what is within me and you. Amen. So we can walk victoriously. Yes. So I just want to as I bring this message to a close, I want to quickly give you one place that I, that I believe God is calling you to sow. God's calling you to sow into one another. Throughout the New Testament, we see command after command after command after command about the one another's. Love one another. Occurs 16 times in the New Testament. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12 and 10. Honor one another above yourself, Romans 12 and 10. Live in harmony with one another, Romans 12 and 16. Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Consider others better than you consider yourself. Look to the interests of one another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Stir up one another to love and good deed. Show hospitality to one another. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. Pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another. And it's because we are members of one another. Amen. So if you, if you want to go up, you got to go down. And in John chapter 13, we see Jesus who knew that if he wanted to go up, he had to go down. He brings his disciples in to the house with dirty feet. That, that's a message in and of itself. I went to Pastor Benjamin and Sonny's yesterday, and the first thing Ben said when I walked in, take off your shoes. Don't be coming up in my house with no dirty feet. <laughs> I ain't Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus doesn't say you got to fix yourself up. You got to clean yourself up. You got to you got to clean those dirty feet before you come into my house. He says, come just as you are. Dirty feet and all. I don't care what's dirty on. Just come into my house. When we were planting good hope for the first couple of years, we were all kind of people coming to our church. We had one lady who had a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, all kind of addiction. She had mental illness. She started coming to our church. And she'd come in every Sunday, and she was high out of her mind. We'd talk to her after church. We'd pray for her. Couldn't understand her at first. Like, what did she say? Like, you know, we're just loving on her. Begin to help her, begin to connect with her, begin to just walk with her. Over time, she began to invite the community. She began to come in just a little bit different. She began to be transformed by the presence of the Lord. And she was an evangelist to the community in which God called her. And God gave us the ability to love on her for a season. Sometimes stories don't end up like you want them to end up. She was... She was murdered in January of 2021 in the community. But God reminded us that we, we loved her for a season. We walked with her for a season. And God spoke to me as we were dealing with that, that, that pain. And you question yourself, did I do all that I was supposed to do? This is a woman who dad left home, stepfather came in and started sexually abusing her from a young age. She turned to drugs in her preteen years to cope. It wasn't a choice, she to cope, to get by the abuse that she faced day in and day out. And God spoke to, spoke to me and said, she's being loved better than she ever has. See, Jesus accepts us just as we are, but he doesn't want to leave us just as we are. So as the disciples came in with dirty feet, he took the towel, took the water, goes down and he... He doesn't get down to their level. He gets under their level. Yeah. And he begins to wash those dirty feet one by one. Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus knew that these disciples were getting ready to run away, to deny him, but there was also a betrayer in the room. It doesn't say that he came to Judas and skipped over him. He washed his feet. And after he washes his disciples' feet, he said, Yeah, you call me Master and Lord. You call me Teacher and Lord. Rightfully so. But if I, your Teacher and your, and your Lord, have washed your feet, then you should go and do it for each other. You see, we don't practice foot washing anymore. 
I'm not saying that we necessarily have to make it a practice, but let me, let me share with you what Jesus did and what he's calling us to do. See, sometimes we don't take the principle of what Jesus is saying, the heart of what Jesus is saying out of the story. Jesus did for them something that they didn't want to do for themselves. Jesus did for them something that they didn't want to do for each other. And I believe the heart of what Jesus is saying is the heart of the kingdom lies within the one another's. It's not what you do for yourself, but it's what you do for your brother, your sister. Are you willing to humble yourself and wash your brother and your sister's feet? Are you willing to do for them something that they don't want to do for themselves or they can't do for themselves? Are you willing to get down and walk with your brother and sister? Through the ups and the downs of life, are you willing to sow into your brother or your sister? Are you willing to give even when it looks like you're not going to get it back? Are you willing to live out these scriptures? Are you willing to humble yourself? Wash somebody's feet. See, I think for, for so long, church became something contrary to what we read in scripture. Disconnected, disjointed, lack of love. Church was not about the one and others. It was about what I can get. Even the way that we do church, people come to church looking at what I can get. And Jesus would say the heart of the gospel and the heart of going deep is in the one another's. Last scripture. Because sometimes what happens is we, 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 we want to sow, but we don't know how to sow. We want to sow, but we don't know where to sow. And this is what I, what I want you to get out of this. I want you to not only sow into one another, but listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency at all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures for forever. And now listen to verse 10. Come on. So I want you to just hear verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Who supplies the seed in which you will sow have you ever been with someone and all of a sudden God just gives you a word for them yeah. that seed 
You ever been with someone and God says, I want you to help them out financially? That's seed. If you've ever been in a situation where you know God is calling you to do something or calling you to say something, God is giving you seed to sow. Sometimes we get in the habit of taking earthly seed and trying to sow it into the kingdom. Guess what? It doesn't grow. And we say, God, why didn't it grow? Why didn't it flourish? Sometimes we come to God with our seed that we've gathered and we say, God, bless what I've already got. God says, get rid of that seed. He said, I am the, the seed giver. I am the one that will provide the seed in which you will sow. And in that seed, it will bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. See, God's seed is supernatural seed. It's not ordinary seed. It's not earthly seed. Stop sowing earthly seed into the kingdom and start asking God for the seed that he would give you to sow into the house of the Lord and into each other. And God will give you words of encouragement. God will give you prophetic words. The gift of the spirit will arise within you. You'll begin to prophesy over each other. You begin to speak words of wisdom to each other. You begin to speak words of knowledge to each other. You begin to pray over each other and each other will be healed. You begin to sow seeds, kingdom seeds in the spiritual realm and you'll see miraculous signs and wonders once again because God says the latter house, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. You will indeed take root downward and bear fruit upward in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, stand with us. Can you lift your hands this morning? Can I just pray a, a prayer of blessing over you? I don't know what we're doing next morning to worship. But can I just pray a prayer of blessing over you? Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, you have seen them. You have seen their pain. You have seen their hurt. You have seen their sorrow. You have seen their fear. You have seen their shame. You have, you have seen their struggle. You have, you have seen them where they are. God says, I see you. And thank you, Jesus, that you have been In the midst of everything that they have walked through individually and as a church, God says, I have been with you. He never departed. He never stepped away. And so God, I pray to see that it's been finished that they would just be But the seed that they have that has been sown over the years of ministry. That it would bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. God, I pray that they would learn to trust and to rest in the midst of this process of where they are. like your roots have it not grown deep. Ask the Lord to take you deep. Maybe you felt like you have been shallow and, and surface, but 
Where's uh, where's Ben and Sonny? Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, please come. 
you're a leader of lineage, come stand up. Some of this uh, leadership team has been around since the beginning. It was the word of the Lord that called you into this. It wasn't just a good idea. Yeah. You didn't just look around and say, well, I could, I could preach. I could play the piano. We went to Fuller. No, it was the word of the Lord that called yeah. you into this. And I know over the, over the years, there's been ups and downs. There's been challenges and different seasons. Some of you have come along the way because you caught the vision, not their vision. It was a supernatural vision that said, what we want is the presence of the Lord in community with one another. caught the vision and you came around. People have come and people have have gone. That's okay. Not everybody is going to be with you for forever. People are going to come. Staff is going to come. Staff is going to go. But in the years of ministry, you have been faithful to that one vision. The presence of the Lord within the community of the Lord. And you have continued to sow into the kingdom. These that are here today are fruit. So as we look around, we see this leadership team. You know, ministry is never what we want it to be. It's never how we envision it to be but it's always what God sees. God saw exactly the path that you would take, the road that you would travel, the steps that you would take, and he has ordained you to be in this place at this time in El Cerrito. You didn't just come here because you said we got a building. You said, what is the word of the Lord? We don't do things just because of they look good on paper. We say, what is the word of the Lord? And sometimes the word of the Lord is what does not look good on paper. And you step into something that looks a lot different than you thought it was going to look. But the seeds that have been sown, they are sprouting forth. And the, the word that I feel that God is saying is, you need help in ministry, right? Guess what is in the body? It's sprouted forth from seeds that have been sown into this ministry. It's already in the body, whether it's up here, whether it's out there. And so what I want us to do, I want everybody in the, in the congregation to come around this leadership team and begin to pray over this leadership team, just as this leadership team has prayed over you. 
You pray with the same fervency that they prayed over you. you. You pray with the same intensity, with the same love that they have prayed over you. What they have sown out, sow it back into them. What they have poured out, pour it back into them. Come on, begin to pray for your leadership team. Begin to pray for your leader. Begin to pray for Pastor Sonny and Pastor Benjamin. Begin to pray for the Spirit of the Lord to fall afresh on them. Because everything you need is in the body. It's already been sown. It's right here. Come on, I know you've been prayed for by Ben and Sonny. Pray, pray for them in the same way. I know you've been poured into, you've been loved on. Pour into them in the same way. Come on, pray that any joy that has been lost will be restored right now. Any strength that has been lost will be restored right now. Any areas of their weakness will be made strong right now. Any areas of doubt, God will meet them right now. I just want nothing Thank you. 